You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 266. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. We have a lot to get to in this episode. The Eagles played their first preseason game on Friday night against the New York Jets home at Lincoln Financial Field. They had a very spirited practice, in my opinion, on Sunday morning. Uh, So Brandon and I are going to get to a lot of what happened both in the game and in uh, Sunday's practice, but before we do, need to know about those meat stacks. Well, they're not the ones that Cam Jurgens promotes to me, which is you know really tough here with him looking good in the preseason and really trying to you know get in, uh, trying to conflict with our the BGN Radio sponsorship brand here. <laughs> but uh, right. where you want to go is righteousfelon.com, and you want to use discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order, and that's the best place to get your beef jerky. Nowhere else. Righteousfelon.com. All right. Uh, why don't you start with uh, first note of the day? All. I feel like it's usually me. Sure, okay. so, uh, yeah. I, I do all the heavy lifting around here. You're right. Um, um, I do think <laughs> we should probably start with Jalen Hurts. I will talk about his preseason game. I think there's reason to be encouraged yep. from that performance. He was obviously the numbers were perfect in terms of he was six for six. I thought he got the ball out on time for the most part. Uh, he was pretty accurate. Uh, he was efficient moving the offense down the field. So I think there were it was encouraging mm-hmm. first drive. I will say, I you know the hit is obviously a big you know talking point. The hit he took along the sideline. I don't know if he's taking enough like, criticism for exposing himself on that play. Really? See, I thought he clearly okay, got out of but bounds. Here's the there. thing, like, first of all, that play. No one is mentioning how he just bailed a clean pocket. Like there was a clean pocket. He had room. For some reason, he rolled right into pressure. Like the guy. I don't know whoever, whichever Jets at rusher, like, you know, like uh, separated from Lane because Hertz uh, like ran right to him. And then, sure, like it's obviously a late hit. I'm not saying it wasn't a late hit, but like it was also a run for no gain. <laughs> it would have been fourth and five if there wasn't a penalty. And, you know, you can say I'm being too harsh. I mean, A.J. Brown himself said he went up to Hertz after that play and was like, you know, don't don't take a hit there. Like, don't just slide. Like, it's the preseason. You know, you're not going for the marker. Just get down. Like, don't worry about, like, getting, you know, every possible yard you can in that situation. So I did think that was not the best job by him. Obviously, I'm not saying he deserved to be hit. But, I mean, imagine if he's, like, out for a decent amount of time because he took a big shot to the head. Like, he kind of put himself in harm's way to some extent. See, my counter to that would be that you can still get hit if you slide. We've seen quarterbacks get hit while they're sliding like Joe Flacco took a huge hit that one time uh the Rams backup when Goff was still there when they were playing the scrub backup instead of Goff uh he took a hit like that Wofford against who was Wofford? that against yeah yeah right exactly who was that I don't know who that was against oh okay. it's Jamal Adams but who the hit slide him. thing okay um, let's just give that though and I don't want to you know belabor the point but still he broke the pro- the pocket when he didn't need to like that was an issue I thought you don't seem to agree. I didn't remember that that was, was third and five. I think that's a valid point, but I don't think we need to overthink no. his performance in that game. Like he was six for six, it was 80 a yards, touchdown. They they survived a couple offensive penalties on that drive. Lane had a false start. Jordan Mailata had a holding call, um, and they still got it into the end zone anyway. He actually ran uh, right. into the end zone for a touchdown that got called back. Um I don't know if you need to like whatever. It's the preseason. You don't want to see, like you said. You don't want to see these guys get hit. Mm-hmm. I prefer probably no running at all. Um, but you know, it's, it's very good first drive, obviously. And um, the, actually, in my opinion, both the first team offense and the first team defense mm-hmm. looked really good um, in in this first preseason game, and that's really what matters most. Well, aside from coming out of that game without right. any you know major injuries uh, to any important players. Uh, but I thought that was his best performance mm. of the summer so far, including like all the practices uh, that that we've seen. Again, right. small sample size because he only threw six passes, but and... um, he was good in the uh, open practice and he was good uh, in in the actual game um, today. No, not as much. <laughs> I thought today was wow. one of his worst days uh, of camp in, in practice on Sunday. 
Um, he left a lot of throws on the field. There were three throws in particular that, that were that were pretty ugly. There was one where he had Devontae. I wouldn't say Devontae Smith was open, but it was a um, pretty woefully underthrown pass that actually hit. Uh, I believe yeah. it was Avante Maddox in in the back. It just hit him. Like if he had been looking, it would have been mm -hmm. an easy pick. He missed uh, Quez Watkins uh, deep down the field on one play. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say that he had the slay beat per se, but he had a step on him. And if the ball's in the right spot, probably a touchdown. Slay had a chance, I thought, for yes. a pick that he yep. didn't uh, convert. And then later, uh, Quez was wide the hell open. I mean, nobody in the same area code as him. And Hurts woefully underthrew that one. Um, they wound up being a pass interference by Anthony Harris, who should have never even had a chance to right. make a play on the ball at all. Um, and then, you know, and it wound up being a big play because of that, but uh, should have been a, a very easy touchdown. He did uh, make one uh, nice throw to Quez Watkins that was caught for a touchdown. Yep. That ball was on the money uh, deep down the left sideline. But on the whole, I, I thought this was a, I thought this was a, a down performance by Hertz after obviously what matters sure. more, the, the good performance in the actual game against a different team. Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't feel as harsh on him in the moment from Sunday's practice. I thought that at stock even, but I also haven't like gone. So full disclosure, mm. uh, recording this podcast before, at least me, I've typed up my notes fully. So I haven't had a chance to like take full stock of that and sort the good and the bad and everything. But the vibe to me wasn't that he was like mm -hmm. terrible as it was kind of a mixed bag. Cause I thought he did have a couple of good throws down the field. Um, the mm -hmm. under throws were concerning. Also, I think a big point working against him and not just him, but the whole offense <laughs> in general, I thought when they were backed up against their own goal line, they were doing a series like that, an 11 on 11. It just seemed like they couldn't get anything going. It seemed like the defense was like kicking their yeah, butt. Yeah, the defense yeah. won that. Like yeah, kind won of, that it completely. was just kind of pathetic. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of different issues, like drops, false start, like just across the board, just like really ugly. And he didn't, you know, help them like overcome that by any means either. So, uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I could be, I could be talked into saying stock down um, for sure. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think it was one of his very worst. I mean, it's on the lower end, but I don't think it was like his worst day. Uh, I thought he had some really bad days earlier in camp, but um, yeah. I kind of okay. felt it was a clear stock down day for him. Um, I mean, some he, of the he said the same really thing, bad. Again. Which, but also he said that uh, he tweeted out his stats. It was like 14 of 19 for whatever a touchdown, no interceptions. And just everyone in the replies, this like ESP said it was like a C grade kind of day. <laughs> and everyone's just, that's not a C stat line. <laughs> it's like, come, guys, like we can't, I yeah. think practice stats are interesting, <laughs> but you can't compare them to stats in a game. It's not the same thing at all. It's not, there's not a one, it's not a one-to-one -one comparison. Does he include one-on-ones in those stats too? No, I don't think he does. Okay. Yeah. So it's, I'm sure he racked up some of those completions in seven on sevens then. Yes. Yeah. And again, there's no yard uh, counter here to go yeah, into like yeah, yeah. 14 of 19 for what? Like five yards a pop. Like that's not good. Yeah. A lot of those were in the backed up session too, where there were just really short gains and wins for the defense yeah, on, on those right. individual plays. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's our, like, like I said, I'll, I'll refer to the, like the completion, you know, the, just, just this, I mean, really from just for more of a reference on how many passes he attempted sure. uh, throughout the day. And it's interesting to see like how many of them, how many of them he completed, but the touchdowns mean nothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, when you're not tracking the yards or whatever, you're not seeing you know how much he's actually pushing the ball down the field. Which um, he tried to push the ball down the field today, but just mm -hmm. three of those throws, were, three three of those throws were were really bad versus one really good one. And it'll be interesting to see how he does, especially in the joint training camp practices coming up against the Browns this week and then the Dolphins next week, because those are probably the last two times I'm guessing we'll really get to see him. Uh, play this summer at least competitively uh whereas you know i don't think we're going to see him in the preseason again maybe one we might maybe 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 i think he was supposed to play last year he was in the second preseason game but then there was that weird he went to the hospital illness or injury or whatever it was but also where you know it was like their first year in the system and he was like a second year player yeah. you know i don't know if they're they're like jones and to have him go out again and maybe they see the good performance from the first game. And then if he also plays well in the joint practices, right. then they're like, okay, yeah. we've seen enough. We're yeah. good to go for the season. To be clear, uh, it sounds like we're criticizing Jalen Hurts a lot here. For, for you know, personally speaking, I feel a lot better about uh, his potential for this season 
since the last time hmm. we recorded a podcast. Like I thought he showed some things in, in the preseason game um, that uh, that were that were pretty encouraging. Just I mean, not even necessarily him specifically, mm-hmm. but just the offense in general looks like they're going to put points on the board this year. Sure. And again, it helps, too, that you're playing the team that ranked second yeah. to last in passer rating allowed last <laughs> right. year in the Jets. Um, but sure. Yeah, I don't think that's unfair. But, you know, context. Um, OK, what else non hurts, I guess. So we should get to the fight mm. that happened. Fights. Fights. Excuse me. Plural. That happened today. Were you over in on the one on one section when he fought? No, uh, I saw like okay. I saw a big like scrum occur, but I didn't know what happened exactly. I, you had a better so, view of this. Yeah, I saw that from start to finish. Um his first fight was against Derek, or his, I'm referring to <laughs> his, Andre him. Dillard. Uh, Andre Dillard uh, got into two fights today. Mm. The first one was against uh, Derek Barnett. It occurred during one-on-ones, uh, O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. Of course, I usually watch those. Brandon takes in the seven-on-sevens when those are going on. <laughs> that fight started, uh, Dillard uh, just totally stood Barnett up mm. on a bull rush, won that rep clearly. Uh, I don't know what... I don't know what made Derek Barnett throw a punch, but he threw a punch at Dillard, and then it was on. Couldn't really see what was going on there after fight went to the ground. So one-on-ones are normally like right in front of us, but they were a little bit closer to like midfield today, so it was a yeah. little harder to see exactly what was going on. But Barnett threw a punch, and uh, they went to the ground. Um, you know, as they always do, they they got separated. But the funny part was... You just hear Brandon Graham cackling <laughs> through the entire fight, which is just very funny to me that uh, that he takes joy in, in seeing a uh, couple of his teammates fight. And then later, uh, after that one-on-one session, so that was number one on elevens. This is number two. So yeah, this is, well, this is this is one point five. Okay, he got into it a little bit with Patrick Johnson. They didn't like Dillard. fight or anything like yeah. that, but it looked like Dillard got into it with Patrick Johnson a little bit. Um, the fight didn't. Uh, erupt, but uh, those two guys, you know, were going at it a little bit and in, in ensuing reps, and then finally, um, Patrick Johnson hit him with a very physical mm. bull rush, which Dillard stood up to again. Uh, he's been very good against bull rushes, I'd say, in this training mm. camp. Whereas last year, he was basically just getting run over, yeah, like a like like, like, like pancakes. Flattened. Opposing edge rushers look like freight trains just running through. And like not even just Eagle, like good Eagles pass rushers, yeah. but in Jets joint practices, there was some scrub Je- like third or fourth. Jeremiah Velowoga or something like that. He didn't even <laughs> yes. make the practice squad. It was just didn't even make anything. <laughs> and the Jets, yeah. They're probably out of the league right yep. now. It's just killing Dillard. Um, he had a terrible, terrible camp last year. Like I, I do that stock up, stock down media poll every year. He ran away in yeah, a landslide. He's terrible. He stocked down. Um, this year he's been he's been legit good in my opinion. Mm. And uh, he stood anyway. He stood up to this Patrick Johnson uh, bull rush, and there was some extras going on after the, after the whistle on that, mostly by Patrick Johnson and Dillard had had enough. He just wound up and he threw a left hook. Haymaker uh, at Patrick. I think it was open handed, but it got a good shot on uh, Patrick Johnson's head. And then again, uh, it was on. And uh, I, I had like a, a big swarm of, of bodies sort of crowded around him. I didn't see what happened in the in the pile, but Dillard emerged from the pile with no helmet. So it got ripped off at some point. I didn't see this part, but uh, Tim McManus had tweeted something to the effect of like he was holding his face mm. uh, after that fight. Um, but he did leave practice um, after that's after that that like the big melee with with Patrick Johnson. He was walking off with a trainer. So to be determined, like what happened, it was basically the end of practice anyway. Right. I don't know if he would have left if the practice wasn't ending basically at that point anyway. But he left before everybody else. Um, so I don't know if it could be his hand. Maybe, maybe it was his face, as uh, T Mac uh, alluded to. But his day was over. I love seeing the fight okay. in Andre. Hmm. I mean, I think he, you know, is kind of a guy who, um, you know, might back down in the past. But he uh, did hmm. not like what uh, what Derek Barnett and Patrick Johnson were trying to do to him, and he didn't back down and uh, saw some fire from 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 the guy today. I wanted to ask you your opinion on that because I've seen a lot of people like say that. Oh, this is a good thing. I like seeing that. And allow me mm-hmm. to play the devil's advocate here because Andre Dillard previously got in a fight, as we know, years ago against Derek Barnett. And that was yep. very much not viewed as a positive by the team. And like, oh, wow, this guy is like, you know, tough and fiery is more viewed as like, OK, what are you going to say on it? 
Well, he cried. Sure. But, <laughs> he but, cried thereafter. But it seemed like, like when he left, too, I wonder if that was even fully injury as much as it was like just they felt like he needed to cool off and like get in the building could and be. get away from the defensive line entirely like get get in there like cool off a little bit you're heated clearly so yeah i don't i don't know i can't speak to you know i, I it's it's it's, a, it's like a i think it's a fine line obviously you want a player who plays with passion and aggression and everything but also you know what's the the old saying is like don't you, you want to play with emotion but you don't want emotion to play with you and if other you know defensive players Kind of if Dillard, Dillard, you know, develops this reputation as a guy who can kind of be like, you know, baited maybe into can get rattled, yeah, and yeah. rattled, that's and fair. making a penalty. I think that's kind of the other side of that coin. So I'm not saying it's definitely that side. I'm just saying like I think that's the other side of the argument is that it might it might not be a good thing, and it wasn't in the past. Is that like you know is this a sign of too much emotion, and is it kind of unchecked? And yeah, could it lead to like a really dumb penalty in a game or whatever an ejection and. And that wouldn't be good. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I will, I will say to your point about him looking good, which matters more than anything, really. I mean, you know, credit to him for really turning things around and stepping up. So I think for the player that the specific player we're talking about here, I think it's a good thing. So, uh, so one of the, one of the film review, play, one of the film reviews that I did of the individual players this summer was Dillard. And I think the perception was that he had a, a good season last year. I didn't see it that way. I thought he had a really good game against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a really good game against, uh, I forget who Chiefs. the other team was. Um, no, he was terrible against the okay. Chiefs. <laughs> but uh, well, I, I think thought he had everyone the... thought like, he did well in that game. But No, he did not. <laughs> no, yeah, but I'm saying like, I think the perception was he played well in that game. He played well in the Cowboys game. Yeah. And also those two teams are like missing a bunch of defensive linemen. Right. No, he was legit good in the Cowboys game. You got, you got, you saw a lot of like Micah Parsons, and and he, he did, that was this was before Micah Parsons, Parsons was like superstar status. Yeah, first game is like had to play edge rusher because everyone was hurt. But uh, so one of my critiques of his play last season was that he often played emotionless. Like he, hmm. he would often like it was almost like he had a clock in his head when he thought the play would be over, and then he was done. And the play might still be going on, and he's just standing around. And I, and I thought that like he doesn't sort of have the trait of playing through the whistle. So I'm any fire that okay. I can see out of that sure. guy is, is a good thing in my opinion. Um, I, should, I, I will note too. I thought this was kind of funny, but after practice was, you know, long over <laughs> Derek Barnett and Patrick Johnson were walking off the field together and kind of chuckling a little, I saw that. <laughs> a little bit. You saw that too. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't know if anyone else saw that, uh, but they were kind of chuckling a little mm-hmm. bit. I, who knows what they're talking about? I don't know, but they were the two guys that fought Dillard today, so I assume it was something about that. Who knows? Um, the other big story we should get to in the first segment here is Devontae Smith returning to practice. Yes. That's a big deal. There's some other injury notes to Miles Sanders missing Sunday with quote-unquote leg soreness. A little interesting. Okay. Um, worth monitoring, obviously. Not, you know, panic button, but just, you know, worth keeping your eye on. Uh, but I think the biggest injury item was Devontae Smith returning and thought he looked pretty good. Um, wasn't perfect. I think there's like a drop or two in there. But on the whole, for a guy in his first day back from what was he? What he miss practice with like a hamstring or groin, something like that. It was uh, lower body. Mm, one of those. I think it was hamstring. So one of those things, and it was bothering him. And uh, he, I thought he looked pretty good out there. Looked sharp. Um, made a like a, a leaping catch at one point along the sideline. Yeah, yeah, where. I don't really know how to feel about that play because it kind of felt like the cornerbacks ran into each other. Um, I don't and, and Devontae he said, went up. He had hops that I didn't think he had on that play. OK, no, that was a good catch by him. But I'm saying I don't know how good of a throw that was by Hurts. Oh, so the throw like, the throw wasn't great. It yeah, was like it, it was, was going to be picked. Yeah, it could have been picked if it were a better safety. Actually, it wasn't even two safeties. It wasn't even safety. It was uh, it was Maddox it was, uh, and, McPherson and, and Maddox. Yeah, yeah, they ran into each and other. Maddox went up for the pick, but he didn't have. Like he's short sure. and he can, he's got hops too, but it looked like he just didn't have enough time to go up and get it. Mm-hmm. Whereas another bigger safety might have had a better chance at it. Sure. So, uh, Devontae had that play. He also beat James Bradbury, who has been, you know, a very, uh, has obviously had a good summer, uh, in one on one, uh, down the field, deep along the right sideline, throw from Hertz. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's my play of the day. Spoiler alert. Cause I thought that's, you know, something he's actually done too early in camp too. He's, he's been able to get by Bradbury. Um, who again is a, is a is a good corner. So I thought it was a really good d- uh, day for Devontae, and nice to see him get like a good amount of volume too. Specifically, it's not mm-hmm. just like a okay, this is a nice flash play, but 
you know, with the big story being like, okay, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, AJ Brown again, AJ Brown after that, um, and him getting a ton of targets, it was nice to see Devontae mixed in there and not just have to be about AJ Brown. Yeah, he was a full go, so it wasn't like they eased him back in. I think they were just waiting until his hamstring or whatever it was was fully 100% before putting him back in there, which is the smart way to handle that. I think there's no reason to, you know, put a guy back in there if he's not 100% and maybe have have him have a setback stupid so like i think he was ready to go and when he was ready to go he was going to be full go uh next guy i want to talk about is kaiser white who made two big plays it not two big plays but one big play in the game mm-hmm. first play of the game uh, against the jets he kind of slithered through and, and had a nice tackle for like a, a gain of a yard or two uh, i thought that was a nice play by him and then of course he had the nice read um terrible decision frankly by zach wilson <laughs> on that throw uh, but Still. Kaiser White did a good job of, of reading where that ball was going, and he broke on it, and made the play. Um, uh, wasn't able to house it, but uh, you know, got the turnover. He's been good in camp, yeah. and um, he's going to start alongside T.J. Edwards when uh, when the Eagles play in Detroit Week One. And then today in practice, he punched a ball out of Kenny Gainwell's hands um, in a, the back. You know, when they're they're doing that backed up. Uh, against your own goal line session. Uh, also, he didn't realize he even got it out, but he punched it. It came, came out. I didn't even know it. Ball bun- <laughs> bounced up. He grabbed it, and, and if it were a real game, that, that probably would have been a fumble return for mm-hmm. a touchdown. So uh, he's he's made plays uh, throughout camp, and, and we've seen a couple you know good ones the last couple the last you know in the last practice, and, and then of course in the game. Yeah, Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards, I think, have both unquestionably uh, earned their playing time as the Eagles' top two linebackers. They've had really yeah. strong summers from both of them. Uh, instinctive. Kaiser White, I always say the thing about that stands out about him is his speed. So fast, mm-hmm. he plays very quickly. Um, yeah, and Nicobe Dean, hey, hasn't really done anything in practice, but looked good in the first preseason game. Yep. That was nice from him. Um, still kind of wonder about him in coverage, but certainly as a run defender, he was really active. He, I think he tied for the uh, second in total tackles with five against the Jets. Um, a lot of plays where you could just see he was diagnosing the the run. He, he helped clean up a play. Uh, like Jordan Davis kind of missed a tackle, although it was a good effort by him just to even get in the backfield and get his hands on the running back and slow him down and kind of force him to go maybe where he didn't want to go. And Nicobe came in there and cleaned it up. So, you know, that was a big talking point after the game. It's like, hey, how much does it help, you know, having played together and kind of having a feel for each other? Um, so there was that. I think he did whiff on a tackle attempt on a Jets run to the outside. And I thought like his kind of lack of size showed a little bit there. He just kind of looked small, like and he just couldn't. And then that lack of athleticism, kind of too, like he just couldn't get there to the spot. It wasn't looking very mm-hmm. fast. But that's just well, that one kind of play that stood out to me negatively, where it was mostly good for him. So hey, all of this to say, finally, maybe in actuality, the Eagles are going to have like good linebacker play for for once. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's. Uh... Well, first of all, you got Kaiser White coming in, and I think at a minimum, he's not going to be one of these Eric Wilson guys no. that gets cut he, during the he season. He will make it know? through the season. Even if somehow <laughs> he like isn't this player we saw in camp, I, I feel very comfortable saying he will make it through the season. <laughs> yeah, low bar to clear. Uh, but he, TJ Edwards, Nicobe Dean, Davion Taylor's played well. Yeah, I think Sean Bradley could could stay. I think Sean Bradley could step in and, and play decent enough sure. at, at linebacker if he had teams to. Guy. Yeah. It's a good linebacker group for the first time in like a really long time, in my opinion. Yeah, that's it's cut. TJ's been flying around. TJ had a big accidental hit mm. on Devonte Smith in the backed up session, right. and he immediately like he was like as soon as he hit him, he was like, "Oh yeah." It was almost more like he ran into him. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a it was actually a similar play as the uh, Kaiser White interception, mm. where Jalen Hurst was throwing a slant uh, to Devonte, and had TJ Edwards not run into Devonte, he might have picked that off. But he ran into him. Devontae went down hard, yeah. and immediately TJ was like, oh, "Oops, yeah. not supposed to hit that guy." <laughs> and was trying to help him up like right away. Yeah, Devontae got uh, up really but, quick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the linebackers have have been uh, a really, really positive sign this entire summer. All right, what else? Do you want to take a break? Here? So, uh, yeah, well, let's go do one more because okay. I think we have to mention him, uh, Cam Jurgens. Hmm. If you saw the telecast, of course, of the preseason game, you heard Ross Tucker. Um, singing his praises over and over again throughout that game. I cut up uh, seven or eight different clips of, of good blocks and, um, uh, you know, just his athleticism and, and whatever else uh, from that game. 
it looked like Jason Kelsey changed his number to 51 mm-hmm. in that game. I mean, it really did. He, Jurgens doesn't have the same extreme explosiveness sure. as Jason Kelsey. Uh, I was talking about this with, uh, with, with Jeff McLean at one point during practice, but he's stronger than Kelsey mm-hmm. was at least earlier in Kelsey's career. Um, I agree with that. Kel- Kelsey has gotten stronger as he's gone along and he can now stand up to these much bigger. I remember back in the day, he, he just was at a major disadvantage against like Linval Joseph, for example, when he was with the giants um, just killed Jason Kelsey whenever they matched up. And then he got better against those kinds of guys. His career went on and wasn't a liability and, you know, getting in, in terms of just getting pushed back into the pocket. And I think Cam Jurgens right away is uh, a lot better than Kelsey in that regard. Does again does not have the same extreme athleticism as Kelsey, but it's it's better than you know ninety percent of the centers in the NFL. And he looked really good pulling around on run plays. He looked good getting out in front of screens. The one highlight that he had, like the one def, well, I guess there are two definitive highlights. The one where he pancaked the guy and then hit him again when he was on the ground. Yes. Like you love to see that mean streak. The other one was definitely a penalty where you can't yeah. you can't come back facing your own goal line yeah. and and hit and hit a guy like you can't make forcible contact going back to your to your own end. That's I, I don't know how they missed that. Frankly, that was clear as day. It should have been a penalty, but it was a fun highlight nevertheless. Yeah, and you could see his athleticism on that play. So you know, all good things in my opinion from from Cam Jurgens in, in that first preseason game really showed that you know that guy can play right now if he needed to. So if you know Jason Kelsey were to go down, uh, you'd feel comfortable putting him in, and you feel good about the uh, the future of the position when eventually Kelsey does retire. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of crazy, you know. I'm, you're seeing these teams go down at the center position along the league, like the Browns. I think they just had an injury to their starting center. The Bucks lost uh, what Jensen and yeah Ryan Jensen, and like backup. I think got hurt recently too. Oh, I didn't see that. So mm-hmm. it's almost just like. Man, there's two really good centers here. Like you almost wish. I mean, you, obviously, I don't think they're going to trade Kelsey, but it's just <laughs> like, but it's just like you have, you know, all this talent here that, you know, maybe you you could get something for. Um, but Isaac, maybe, maybe. Um, it would be nice if Jurgens played right guard, because <laughs> then yeah. But uh, anyway, well, Sua could Sua is a starter mm-hmm. in my opinion too. I thought he had a bad preseason, or at least a bad preseason rep. He got like blown up by someone. Oh, I can't. Rem- I think I can't remember. I think it was actually the first play of the game where Hertz got flushed out to the right and through that, which I, I thought was a nice pass by him to Quez Watkins. And yeah. uh, I think Stua got like beat pretty badly on that. But anyway, um. Yeah, Jurgens looked great, and honestly, like I wasn't watching the game like live with hearing Ross because I was there in the press box, and not having that benefit of like you know him like really you know like making me focus in on that, I just I could not not see Game Jurgens making things happen anyway. Like I wasn't even just trying to specifically watch him, just watching the, like the offense in general, and I would just see him pop out with like you know getting out in space and just like trucking someone. So. Uh, yeah, definitely really encouraging start for him, especially, you know, with the, I, I think, you know, all indications seem to be that Kelsey has a real chance to play week one in Detroit and be back by then. But if he isn't, I mean, you know, Jurgens has kind of ins- yeah. inspiring confidence that he can, he can at least not be a disaster. Uh, so yeah, good early returns on Davis, Jurgens, Dean, mm-hmm. um, encouraging stuff. All right. If you are looking to buy or sell your home, please call or text 856-906-9295. And that is the phone number of one Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe, my friends. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon? We'll be right back after this back here on bgn radio jimmy what did you do during the break i was in long beach island yeah. with uh, my daughter uh you mean the break is in like yeah the, the podcast uh, break the, oh the podcast break yeah. no i didn't drive all to long beach island and then come back to my house mm-hmm. that would have been that amazing been if in- i could do intense. that intense yeah <laughs> on the break uh I I uh, took a little nap mm. and I woke up and here we are again. It is funny to me because I've, I've listened to some podcasts in the past where like they actually take breaks. Like they don't just like – so what we do here, Jimmy and I, in reality is we just sit here, stay quiet for like a second 
and then Rachel inserts <laughs> the ad Maybe break. two or three at the most. Yeah, maybe two or three. <laughs> but I, I've heard of podcasts where I think they actually like, you know, they get like a snack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Slackers. Yeah, shoot shoot the S for a little bit um, and get back on. But uh, no, we work way too hard to, for that to happen here. Uh, right. Jimmy, let's get into our superlatives, if we want to call them that. Sure. Awards. Uh, Jalen Hurd's stock report. I think you're going stock down. I'm going stock down okay. for him. Today. I will. I will acquiesce to that. Let the record show that I was willing to consider even. Um, I wasn't <laughs> just automatic stock down. So okay, I think that's fair. Um, who's your MVP? I'm gonna go Patrick Johnson. Wow. Who? Okay. The fight aside, I thought he was really good today. He, um, he had a sack during 11 on 11s. Where he, I mean, it was it was against Coyote Awashika. So I mean, we're not talking about like him smoking like Lane Johnson or something like that. But um, he beat him soundly around the edge. Uh, got a sack. He blew up uh, a zone read uh, in the backup session where he got to Gardner Minshew for I wouldn't call it a sack uh, because it was a run play, but it was a, a tackle for loss for a few yards. Um, and I believe he had a, a third sack. He had another sack as well. Uh, during that, and he played well in, in the. He had good reps in, in the one on ones too. Mm. He's going to make the team. So I, at one point, I had a fifty three man projection where I didn't have him on, yeah, which was dumb. <laughs> he that guy is going to be on the team again, and um, he's going to be the primary backup to Hassan Reddick at that Sam linebacker spot. Uh, and he made it was he had a weird season last year because he had a good camp mm-hmm. in tr- last year, and then they were seemingly going to carve out a role for him. Because he played a fair amount of snaps the first week against the Falcons, and then it was down a little bit week two, and then I think he played a lot against the Cowboys week three, mm-hmm. and thereafter nothing. Like yeah. played some special teams, but did not get in, into games in the re- like. I think he had single digit snaps the rest of the season um, on in the within the regular defense. Um, but I think he's going to have a bigger role uh, this year as 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 the backup to Hassan Rag. He's very clearly ahead of. Kyron Johnson, yeah. who was the Eagles' um, first of two picks in the sixth round, they traded up for him this year, of course. Um, and I think he's probably—I think he's going to make the team too. But uh, he's a pick. Yeah, he's, he's a draft pick in a, in, a, in a year they only had five draft picks. But it was tough. I mean, unless like they keep like three undrafted guys. Like let's say they keep like Josh Job. Somehow Reed Blankenship gets in. Um, That'd be it. I guess if Britton Covey made it, then you can maybe justify, or maybe in Howie's mind, he could justify not having uh, one of his five draft picks not make the team. But I think he is, but he's been pretty invisible. But very clearly, Patrick Johnson has uh, definitively outplayed Kyron Johnson. I agree with that. And it was, it was tough. I did a 53 roster projection of my own on Saturday, August 13th, up on bleedinggreennation.com. You can check out Jimmy's version at phillyvoice.com. And we differ a bit, and it was it was tough to keep Kyron on there. I'm like, man, like really, mm-hmm. my like it just doesn't. It seems like this is a tough ad here. Um, elsewhere, I'm looking. You have Job on there. Job notably did take the second team corner reps. Didn't think he had the mm-hmm. best game. Thought he kind of got picked on a little bit there by the Jets. Um, it, it's like one of those performances where the guy has a bunch of tackles in the box score. So you're like, oh, it might, must have been an active real game for him. But he's a corner, and he's being targeted a lot. So he allowed those tackles because they like kind of – he had to keep making them. So Yeah, I'm curious to go back and watch him. I don't really have an opinion there Watching yet. it live, I thought he was getting picked on a little bit. Okay. Um, I, know, I know that like receivers caught a bunch of – like there were yeah. a bunch of receptions he did, he that didn't he get made beat, tackle like, over right the away. Top. Yeah, so he kept things yeah. underneath. But still, it seemed like he was kind of playing off a little bit. There was a lot of cushion. And it mm-hmm. seemed like when the Jets wanted to get – the yardage on a key spot, like they would just go his way and it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to watch. I do think he's looked good in practice. I think he had some good moments in practice today, if I'm not mistaken. Senior, you only have them keeping three safeties. Um, should note yeah. that uh, Jaquaski Tart returned to practice today. So that was, you know, big for him. Um, but Andre Sashray not making it. I don't, why, why Jimmy? How could you So do I could this? go either way with, with him or Kayvon Wallace. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, if I'm, getting into Howie's mind again, Kevin Wallace is a draft pick that made by the team. Stinks. And I, I I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Like I think Andre Sachery should make it over him. Uh, again, I, I think that could go either way. Mm. Kevin versus if it's me, Sachery's making the team, but I think Kevin Wallace is going to get um, every benefit of the doubt to make, to make might. the roster. But also I, I have three, I had three safeties on there for, for two reasons. One, they could sign one 
they could you know claim one after 53 man roster cutdowns and two Josiah Scott yeah. has almost kind of become a safety at this point like he, he's not really even getting corner reps anymore he first team safety first reps team today safety next to Harris today. too I thought that was weird and Epps right. wasn't hurt I looked, I saw Epps on the sideline and he was fine so yeah that, I think that's something to watch uh, I think does, does Gannon talk on Tuesday uh or is it uh Steichen I mean yeah I I'm not sure because I'll be curious to ask him about Josiah Scott and what they see at him, see in him at yeah. safety. Uh, I because think that's it, a good. I don't sign. know if it's a full on. I don't know if it's a full on like uh, positional switch, or if they're looking to just put more on his plate. He can be a slot corner and a safety. But they, I think it's a. Before I, I was wondering if it were if it was just sort of the thing where, um, it's a good thing because they're putting more on his plate, or if they don't like what they see of him at, at corner and they're trying him out at safety. I think it's the former. I think yeah. They, yeah. they, they, they like what they see in him as a player and they're seeing what else he can do. And they have an obvious need at, you know, at safety because uh, they just don't, there aren't four safeties that are worthy of making the team. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't know like, if I agree can't, with that. Yeah. You would have four guys that, are, that you think there are four well, guys worthy of making it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, not that. And then there's Blankenship too. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, I think, I think he deserves strong consideration to make the, the, the initial 53. He's been like, I think is basically as good as you could reasonably expect him to be. I think he's been active mm-hmm. on special teams. He led the Eagles in tackles, I believe on uh Friday night. And I just think constantly, okay, maybe he's not the most uh, impressive, like physical athletic uh, specimen, but man, he just seems to be in the right place all the time. He's always in the right spot, ready to make it. Obviously they're not tackling to the ground so much in practice, but he's always right there. I think when he has had to tackle, he's done it well. I don't know. Like it's tough. Like I think, I think he's a guy who could potentially get claimed if they exposed him. Like he's been here. Maybe not, but I think he's been pretty good. I think they have four. I would keep, um, I would keep uh, Epsi, obviously Harris, sure. probably Shashere, and then probably Blankenship. Okay, or Scott, maybe. Scott. So, one thing on the athleticism note too is, uh, Fran mentioned that he was, and actually, I, I I said this on the podcast before, just to take a step back. I had mentioned that like I had profiled him uh-huh. each of the last two years of my prospect series, and in, like I was actually wondering how I even found him in the first place. And Fran mentioned that he had made one year. He had made Bruce Feldman's freaks. Oh, wow. Are you familiar with that from the athletic? So he is. That's definitely that's there's no doubt that that's where I, I first heard about him. No question. I just don't think I don't know game. Like I haven't seen like a lot of like athletic flash as much as it seemed like more smarts to me, but okay. But so, yeah, so he did make that freaks list. I'm curious to go back and see. And again, this is a player from Middle Tennessee State, right? So that's digging deep to find a guy that has like uh, that that has standout athleticism, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're like a full like like everything about them is athletic. Sometimes Bruce Feldman will like just pick out you know this trade or that trade or whatever uh, about you know player, but uh, yeah, he made that quote unquote freaks list, uh, which is very widely read uh, from the athletic. So. Um, yeah, I, I I think there's maybe reason to believe that he may have some uh, athleticism in his body. So this was all through the MVP conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have Devontae Smith. I'm going to take Devontae. I thought this was a nice, okay. like, hey, I'm back kind of practice. Like, I missed some time, but I'm I'm healthy. I'm good to go. I'm still a factor here. It's not just the AJ Brown show. I'm still pretty good, too. I thought that was this kind of, this, this was that kind of practice for him. So I'm going to go with him for my MVP. I'm going to go with Zach McPherson for my LVP because That's fair. he got beat a number of times. Um, I, um, I think Devontae might have been in there. On, well, yeah, at least one of them. Uh, I think the Quez one, if I'm not mistaken, down the left sideline, which was one of her better throws. I believe that was with McPherson in coverage as well. So it just hasn't been the best summer, I think, for Zach McPherson. I still think he's going to be the top backup at cornerback, at least on the outside. But I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, again, to me, it hasn't been a summer where I look at this guy as a future starter. I don't think it was an all bad for him, but I think the bads kind of outweighed the good, and I think he's kind of just an inconsistent backup more than he is someone as, who profiles to be uh, a long term starter. At least that's my read on him right now. Who's your LVP? He's gotten beaten over the top of like a, a bunch this this camp. It, has, it wasn't just today. 
uh, I was actually leaning toward him mm-hmm. <laughs> for my LVP too, but I don't think you, I don't think it was so bad that it was worth yeah. a double dip LVP. Right. So, you know what? I'm going to go Derek Barnett because wow. he lost his rep and he was a big baby about it and he <laughs> threw a punch. Like, but that's what he is. Yeah. That's, that's what he does in, in real games. Speaking, it's not just something that we see in practice. Speaking of letting emotion play with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought this was, a, and I almost kind of pick him because I, we forgot to mention this earlier. I, I don't know if you were there for this when, when, when this happened, but when they were in that backed up session, they're right in front of us. So we can hear everything that the coaches are saying and everything like that. And it, it was like a third and three, I think from their own, what they were inside their 10. Yeah. Uh, but it was a third and three, like high leverage type of play, and uh, like th- that was a very juiced up session. By the way, yeah. like that there was it was a lot of buzz going on during that session. Um, even though like the defense kind of dominated and nothing really fun happened, like it was a very competitive session. And it, and Nick Nick Sirianni had his bullhorn out and everything. But at one point he yelled uh, on that third and three, "Nothing stupid, Derek." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear that. Wow. <laughs> And I was like, oh, wow. And that was, uh, uh, to give that proper context, that was. It's always him. I don't know if this is given a proper context or not. It was after the fight with Dillard. So maybe he was. But I don't know that Sirianni even knew that the fight happened sure. between him and Dillard. I, I, don't, I don't know. But in that high leverage situation, he yelled, nothing stupid, Derek. Which, of course, as we all remember, Derek Barnett had the had a bad, was it an offsides that precipitated when he said it's always him or was it a maybe I, th- I feel like I it, was think it was yeah and I think it was like what third and five or something I thought it was like a, it was a high leverage <laughs> offside yes. it wasn't like just okay first and ten to first and five it was like all right third and five let's get a stop oh nope Derek Barnett penalty first down <laughs> so if there's any question whether the Eagles coaching staff is aware of his bonehead moments and and they're trying to do something about it there's your evidence right there yeah they are fully aware and they singled him out before a high leverage snap saying nothing stupid Derek <laughs> like quote of camp in my opinion even though it's not really meant for us and I don't know if we're really supposed to be talking about that but uh that's too good to let go in my opinion uh what is your play of the day Jimmy I'm gonna go with the catch by Demonte uh going up high over uh Avante Maddox and um uh, Zach, Zach McPherson yep. and coming down with that catch and then basically a touchdown, right? He ran into the end zone there after. Yeah. So he went up high for that catch. There's a lot of traffic in front of him. Those catches are kind of hard to make when there's bodies flying around you and they, like you might not even be able to see the ball completely, but he went up and he made a great grab. And, uh, you know, and, and especially as you have noted on his first day back, um, you know, good to see that. Good to see him come back and come back with some authority. Uh, on the Derek Barnett thing. I agree with your pick, by the way. Although I did, I'm going to pick the just to not go the same way. I'm going to go Hertz to Devonta in one on one. The the play you mentioned did get a nice little like ooh from all the fans yeah. standing in the sideline. So that's always a, a good sign when you get the ooh like that. Uh, yeah. But back to Barnett real quick. I just want to bring up this Nick Sirianni quote in case people forgot from a March 29th media availability after the Eagles had very unpopularly signed resigned. One Derek Barnett, <laughs> who I actually think has had a decent, like, enough summer, by the way. I don't think he's been, he's been, okay, he's been yeah. fine. Nothing you know, special, but, like, not bad. Fine. Um, yeah. Sirianni, quote, Derek Barnett is everything that embodies what we want in the characteristics of a player. He's tough. He's competitive. He's got high football IQ. He's got high <laughs> character. He loves football. And I love Derek Barnett. I love the type of player and person that he is. I remember tweeting about the high football IQ part mm, and yep. fans just being uh I have just like <laughs> I have 160 quotes like, yeah here I'm looking <laughs> oh, yeah from that high football That's IQ funny. Yeah, so a lot of people weighing in definitely with like <laughs> are you serious um, yeah. so there you go uh okay yeah I mean he he certainly plays hard and uh plays too hard at times and I think he sort of embodies what people think of Philadelphia athletes should be. And I get all that. He's just not good enough. And he takes it, he takes it too far. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the aggression or whatever, but the, the bottom line is he kind of has to play that way or else if he, like, if he loses that edge, I don't think he's a good enough football player to make, you know, to, to not have that edge. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, any final thoughts to me? Uh, nice to get a day off, uh, yesterday on Saturday and then we get another one 
tomorrow on Monday. And then uh, Eagles will have a walk probably through. a light, probably a light practice uh, on Tuesday, I would imagine. And then Wednesday's the travel day. Thursday, Friday, joint practices with the Browns. Game on that game is a one o'clocker, by the way. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Not good. You well, don't like that? You think it's preseason should be night game? I I do like in theory, you know, for for our sake, for the work we have to do. Yeah, of course. It's, uh, start the games at freaking eight a.m. I would love that, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be able to get work done. But in terms of like viewing experience and just the weird feel to it, being in a preseason, I don't know. I think it, I feel like it's it's just weird when you have a day game in the summer in preseason. Yeah, I'm flying out, or excuse me, I'm driving out to Cleveland. Brandon's flying. Uh, I offered Brandon a ride, but he uh, he doesn't like me, so he <laughs> turned me down, and he's going to fly instead. That's right. Because he's big time. Um, I'm looking forward to, to – these are going to be fun. So Jimmy set up the schedule there uh, well. These are going to be fun. I mean, we still have one more you know, non-Browns one to go, but they're going to be pretty fun. It's going to be a good gauge, I think, of where the team is at. going to be – Interesting to see again Deshaun Watson. Deshaun, Deshaun there, Watson, yeah. Who I'm sure will be asked at least once about if assuming he's available and available to Eagles. They're not gonna make him available to us, I can't imagine. I don't know. What's the point I of that not, from their perspective? But I feel like someone's gonna try to find a way to get into a question to him somehow in some kind of setting. <laughs> you know, if the about the Eagles' interest in him and whatever. Um so there'll be that. It'll be have you, have you started to look at like any matchups? Between, you know, their players, specific players, and, and Eagles players. I mean, like, I think the one that stands out is like Miles Garrett, sure. Jordan Mailata. Oh, yeah. That'll be fun. Are there any others that you've sort of taken a look at yet? Uh, Denzel Ward versus, you know, I'm guessing okay, AJ Brown or whoever. If he's, I think he might be hurt. Actually, oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's a bummer. Um, uh, they have a good, they have a good old line, so especially interior. So maybe like Jordan Davis against those guys. Looking elsewhere, um, I think Greg Newsom gets a record. They have a good roster. They they just sort of didn't have the quarterback last year, or Baker Mayfield didn't play well last year. I really, but otherwise they have a pretty good roster. I really just like the offense in general. You know like how much of the offense, which hasn't really shined a lot in practice, obviously did good in yeah. the small sample of the preseason. But like you know how how are they going to fare against a different team? Is it is it truly that the Eagles defense is you know looking good and they're ahead? And that's yeah. why the Eagles offense is looking bad, or are they going to go up against the Browns defense too, and then still kind of be similar results there where we're just not seeing the consistency. So that as a whole, I think is probably one of the most interesting things to me. I don't know about yeah, about specific battles. I mean, like you said, if you didn't already say this, like the, the battles in the trenches on both sides of the ball should be pretty, pretty good. I feel like, yeah, uh, good talent there. Um, I, I guess the corners too, like Slay and Bradbury, who both have had good summers. How does that look against Mari Cooper? Mari Cooper? And I feel like Donovan People Jones has kind of come on a little bit there in Cleveland, yep. from what I know. So is he going to flash? And then who else do they have? Um, well, I mean, they're 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 known for pretty much what the Eagles are known for: the running game. Sure. Yeah, uh, Nick Chubb is a beast. Uh, Nick Chubb. Yeah, does Nick uh, Chubb destroy thank, anyone? Joe, Joe Osman, thankful that he's uh, not on the team anymore. <laughs> he just ended his <laughs> career right there. Just, just, just what a stiff arm! Just like into oblivion. Just like destroyed him. Like sent That's him right. into the field where he's still like stuck. <laughs> He got up and made the tackle on that. Okay. Nice. Nice hustle by <laughs> like Joe. 50 yards down the field. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I'm looking at their roster. Nothing like too, not like super. I mean. Sioni, Taki Taki. There you go. Uh, everyone who, the linebacker, everyone wanted the Eagles to take. Uh, Jeremiah Awusu, Kuromoa. Oh, yeah. He's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Walker, who everyone thought the Eagles were going to sign. Remember? In free agency. Mm-hmm. And they <laughs> signed yep. Eric Wilson instead. Uh, yeah. So, Okay. Oh, that's a shame about Ward. Would have liked to definitely see him go up against Brown or or Devonte, either or both. Um, okay, yeah. So that's what's coming up later in the week. But again, as Jimmy said, Eagles walk through tomorrow. No practice notes. We'll be back with practice notes and podcast on Tuesday, and then we will roll from there. I guess I don't have any final thoughts uh, other than shout out to my good friends uh, Elizabeth and Holden who got engaged. Uh, Holden proposed to. Uh, e in uh, Montana a couple weeks ago, ah. to, like just like this past, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that one. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was a surprise, you know, big surprise, and it was a big surprise party, and uh, and it was great. And uh, couldn't think of a better couple who deserve happiness, and and are big listeners of the show as well. So I'm sure they'll be hearing this. Um, so shout out to them, 
and congrats. It's always nice to see. And Jimmy, I might seem like a callous person because <laughs> maybe I don't emote a lot and maybe like, oh, BLG is so negative. But really, I'm a big softy on the inside. And there's this, there's a video of this proposal on Elizabeth's uh, TikTok, and it just makes me ball my eyes out. It's just like it's just a beautiful thing <laughs> seeing two people, you know, who uh, love each other, and it's just it's nice. It's nice to see people happy. It's a nice thing. Mon- Montana is a uh, like an underrated vacation destination. I feel like it was too. I've never been there, so I probably shouldn't call it that. But uh, uh, without you know ha- having any kind of strong opinion on it, but mm-hmm. apparently anyone who goes there says. Oh, it looked all the pictures and videos. It looked beautiful. It was incredible. Um, all right. So shout out to Montana. Uh, this has been VGN Radio episode 266 brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN20. You want to use that discount code now. If you've ever been on the fence or thinking about getting Righteous Felon, now is the time because eventually it's going to go back down to 250 or sorry, BGN15. And as I am closing out the show here, Jimmy somehow dropped out. So he's gone. So I guess we're not going to get a goodbye, everybody. And hopefully I'm still going here and this all works out. Um, but okay. So BGN20 at RightToSellin.com is where you want to go to get the discount. Do it now. If you want to buy, sell, or rent a house, I don't have the phone number for you. But of course, you can go to RoachRealtors.com. Uh, Jimmy is texting me right now, and it's a screenshot of a sad face emoji that says, your device ran into a problem and needs to restart. We're just collecting some error work, error info, and then we'll restart for you. So he had technical issues, and that's why he's not going to be able to say goodbye, everybody, at the end of the show here, but I will do it for him. Uh, So go check out our sponsors. We love them. We appreciate them. Uh, We believe in them. If we didn't, they wouldn't be on the show here with us. Um, check out bleedinggreennation.com for my practice notes and everything we've got going on covering the Eagles. Check out phillyvoice.com for Jimmy at Brandon Gowton is the place to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky for Jimmy Kemsky. Keep it simple. Um, speaking of Instagram, going to have a little Instagram live going on. The plan is at least right now, as I record this on Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern with the whiskey influencer on Instagram, going to be doing a little show there some taste testing, some whiskeys, um, and uh, talking football with the whiskey influencer himself, Tim, in addition to RJ Ochoa from the NFC Mixtape and the SB Nation NFL show, and Rob Statsguerra from that as well. So if you want to stay tuned to that, maybe going to try to get the episode in the feed here, if we can get the audio and everything. So if you miss it live, then you'll be able to uh, hear the replay. Hopefully, we'll see on that one. Don't know for sure. So all right, I've been... Yammering on for way too long now, and it's funny because I'm doing it by myself. No Jimmy here, um, so really I could I could just go on. You know, so I'm not holding him up. I'm just holding you up instead. So I'll stop doing that. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate your support and uh, riding with us daily and and having having our backs. Uh, so we appreciate that. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. This is where Jimmy says goodbye, everybody. B-G-N!